Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. You may be seated. When I was much younger, I used to support um, Nottingham Forest Football Club. I later detect, defected and started supporting Arsenal. And um, after last week's result, I, I think I made the wrong decision. But anyway, you make your bed and you, and you lie in it. But when I was growing up, all my friends uh, supported Nottingham Forest. Their family supported Nottingham Forest. And I, I kind of just got caught up in it. And um, there was a song that they used to sing. And I'm going to teach it you. I'm going I'm to explain it to you. And... Uh, it's not as good as that, Stephen, so you can just calm down because I want to go back into that song again. But, um, but it's only got a few lines, but I'm going to break it down for you. This song that we used to sing about Nottingham Forest. Now, I wasn't in the room when the people decided this song. I wasn't in that team committee meeting when they decided how this song was going to be constructed. I think it's got different, you know, when you're a team setting, there's different kind of personalities that are in the room, which I think will come out. Um, and it's shown in the song that they produced to sing about Nottingham Forest. So I'm going to teach you if that's okay. And uh, to sing this song, really, you need, you need like a bigger belly, but I'm going to try it anyway. So it goes like this. The first line, the first line of this song, it says this. It says, it says this. Um, they call us Nottingham Forest. That's the first line, which, which I think is quite great because it, it gets to the point. And it also, I like it because it says they call us Nottingham Forest. So it's not we call ourselves. It, it, it's, it kind of gives that air that we're famous. That's what they're calling us. They call us Nottingham Forest. And it lets you know what we're talking about. It gets straight to the subject matter, Nottingham Forest. So the first line's really good. Now, the second line of this song, it builds upon the first line. But it adds a little bit more. And I think when they was in this meeting, they, they said it need, it, we need to be a bit more specific. So the first line is it, good. And it gets straight to the point. It says, they call us Nottingham Forest. First line. And then the second line says this, Nottingham Forest FC. <laughs> Which is good because FC stands for football club. And and I think in the meeting, there was like, we don't want people getting confused. Nottingham Forest, the Sherwood Forest. You know that guy in the room in that meeting? Excuse me. Uh, I think we need to be a little bit more specific. We don't want people showing up to our club with picnics thinking they're going on a trek. We need, we need to establish that this is a football club that we're working with. So I love that. that, that's, that, that they, do, do you agree with that? Yeah, FC, does that work with the melody? Okay, cool. So that's the first line. So we come into the third line. First line, they call us Nottingham Forest. Second line, Nottingham Forest FC. Now the third line, it goes in a completely different direction. And I think the dreamer in the room was, he piped in. He says, we need something in this song to take it to another level. Now you're not... You don't know what this line's going to be because the first line's established who we are. Second line, a little bit more description. But this third line, it really takes it to another degree. And um, so this first line, they call us Nottingham Forest. Second line, Nottingham Forest. Third line, we are the greatest team you've ever seen. Wow. That, what? That's, that, we are the great. I, I, and I think someone in that room was like, 
can we say that? Is that okay? And I think, uh, let's get legal in. Let's get legal in. The legal guy gets in. Are we able to say that Nottingham Forest, because if you Google greatest teams of all time, some of you are like, what's wrong with that? You think maybe they are the greatest team. If you Google greatest teams of all time, obviously they're going to come up with, you know, Manchester United, maybe we're in the, tra- the trap, or maybe Spain who won three consecutive international tournaments. We, we could come up with a lot of teams, but, but they came up with Nottingham Forest. And I like this because it says, they presume upon you that you've seen every, every football match that you've ever seen, that Nottingham Forest are the greatest that you've ever seen. I, I, I love that. And you know, when it comes to this matter of praise, some of you are here and maybe you've been brought by a friend or brought yourself along and you hear his praising and singing and, and it feels a bit like me because that's probably why the reason I kind of defected from Nottingham Forest because you sing this song, but the, the reality of what they were singing wasn't matching up with the reality of what I was seeing on a Saturday on a Sunday. And it was like, I think it's time to go and support a better team. But anyway, you might be here thinking, well, you know, oh, this is so cute. Culturally, you understand that people sing and everyone gets excited but he's like oh my goodness like we know that the praise that we're singing doesn't match up maybe we've been misinformed or we're a bit delusional or but it's lovely you guys are all naive we're all singing and and this praise doesn't really match up and I want to say in one way you're right um, but in the reverse because the praise that we can bring to our God can never match the greatness of who he is and and I want to talk to us today that because he is the creator of all things he is the God of the universe. He is the one who spoke something out of nothing. He is the one, like we're flicking through our iPhone, he flicks through the cosmos and says to earth, earth, come and be my footstool so I can chill today. This is the great almighty God. Psalm 145 says this, I lift you high and praise my God and I'll praise your name into into eternity. I'll bless you every day and keep it up. There are no boundaries to his greatness. Generation after generation stand in awe of your work. And we could keep on going on and on about the praises of God. And as I've been reflecting and studying this issue to do with praise, it is so central to being a follower of Jesus. And it's so important for us as a community and for us as a church. I've come to say today, just from the outset, that and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant. I don't mean it to be, but if you understand what I'm saying, you will understand what I'm saying. And if you don't, you'll think I'm arrogant. I've actually not come to rely on the atmosphere in this room today. I determined between me and God that I'm going to bring my own atmosphere. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I've come for someone's son. I've come for someone's son today. I believe what I'm preaching and teaching about it's going to see someone's son. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you, but there, there is some people, I've come for someone's healing today. So I'm speaking, but there's like a different realm that's going on because I know that some people need this tool. They need this message because of what's going to bear fruit in your life. So it can help me by being encouraging. That's awesome. But, but really, I've come today not with a message, but with faith. But I want to just teach this because first, you know, I want to say this. As I've been looking through the scriptures, I've, as I've been looking at this subject to do with praise. You know, if you watch a cookery program, they'll describe the flavors and textures and they'll say, there's a real citrus flavor that's coming through here. Or maybe a sommelier, the, someone who talks about wine, will talk about um, the background notes of vanilla and, and, and blackberries that are coming through. Or I was watching a deconstruction of a pop song and it talked about the motif that runs through the whole of the pop song and the why it's there. 
I've heard in a film review when it was talking about the message of transition that, is, that was weaved through this action film. And, and I want to say, just like we can see those things in, in life, the theme of a believer in Jesus Christ, I believe, is praise. The thing that threads through, the, the thing that kind of you since coming through. And, and the first point is this, praise is a way of life. It's a way of life. Psalm 134, Psalm 34 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. From the rising of the sun to the setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised, Psalm 113 says. Psalm 104 says, I'll sing to the Lord as long as I live. I'll praise my God to my last breath. Pastor Malcolm talked about this last week in Ephesians 5. Speak, we should not be drunk with wine, but speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music to your heart from the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father in everything. The theme of a believer's life should be praise and thanksgiving. I was in Wayne's office last year, and I went in and I... I could smell the room and I said, was this the this person here? And he was like, yes, how did you know? And I recognized the fragrance. I believe as Christians, the Bible talks about this. The fragrance from our lives, the theme of our life should be one of thanksgiving and praise. It says, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. There should always be a song in your heart. There should just be a consistency in our hearts and our spirits of vertical praise to him. Secondly, praise is vocal and physical. Psalm 47 verse 1 to 2 says this, clap your hands, clap your hands all you nations, shout to God with cries of joy for the Lord most high is awesome. It says, sing praise to God, sing praises. It says in Psalm 149 verse 3, let, his, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to the Lord with timbrel and a harp. I don't know where it was this morning, Joe, but that's biblical. So I don't know, um, I don't know what age of maturity you get to when you stop dancing to the Lord. I don't, know, I don't know what that age is. I don't know what that level of maturity is when you stop singing and shouting to God and you let the young people do it. I, don't, I hope I never reach there. I haven't got daughters. I've got sons. But if I had sons, I might have to take them to a football match to teach them principles about how men worship. I say, okay, guys, like, just forget the fact that that guy's drunk. But, in the, but can you see how free he is? So look over there. Can you, see how, can you see how loud that guy gets when he's singing for his team? See this guy over here. See this guy. See when that guy starts singing. See how everyone else starts singing. Son, I want to say to you, that's what you should be like in worship. That if you start singing, that everyone, hey, son, son, can you see that the team's 3-0 down, but can you see those group of guys? They're still singing and praising God anyway. Can you see that they're jumping up and down? They don't care what they look like. That's what it should be like in the house of the Lord. I don't want to grow up in a church where we have to take our sons to a football match to teach them how to praise, but maybe we'll have to. I'll do whatever because I so believe in the power of praise. The truth will set you free, but first, <laughs> it's physical and vocal. Praise is sacrificial. This is the thing that got me. Hebrews 13 verse 8 and then 11 to 15. The, the, the book of Hebrews, the writer, 
is writing, the book of Hebrews is about greater things, about better things. It takes the Old Testament and it's showing Jewish people how Jesus is better than everything. Better than that, better than this. And it talks about worship in the Old Testament. And it, it talks about the sacrifices that we used to have to bring. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, verse 8. Then it goes on to say this. For the bodies of those animals were, were, whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin, are burned outside the camp. This is what used to happen in the Old Testament. And he's drawing the correlation. The writer's drawing the correlation about Jesus. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. Then it goes on to say this. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. It goes on to say, this is the point. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Let's just leave that up. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Robert, I think, I think in the new in, in, for the New Testament believer, there is no sacrifices that need to be brought now. We don't need to come into church with a turtle dove or a goat or a lamb because we've done and, and to atone for the things that we've done wrong because Jesus Christ already bore our disgrace so we don't need to bring a sacrifice about something we've done the sacrifice that we bring to God is also always based upon what he's done that's why it's a sacrifice of praise so when we come into the house of God and this is important what do we bring we don't have to bring it we don't have to bring anything to do with our sin because Jesus Christ dealt with it we bring a sacrifice a sacrifice of praise. We bring a sacrifice of praise. Now the sacrifice of praise is to do with faith. It's to do with who God is. We're praising him not, the sacrifice that we bring in praise is not about our circumstances, but it's based upon by faith that you're bigger than that. A sacrifice of praise. I was watching a, a rapper called Skepta. He was performing he was in, and he actually was invited in as a surprise guest in somebody else's show. And I was watching him and he was, and he was on, it was, was great. And it was, his song dropped and the crowd were shouting, but he started saying this. He said, I'm bigger than that. I'm bigger than that. Skepter is saying the praise that I'm receiving is not, it's not, it's not big enough. You need to be singing louder. I know you've come, I'm bigger than that. I was like, go on, go on Skepter, you must do you. Sometimes, since I've watched that, I've wanted to grab this microphone and jump on the stage when I've seen his in praise and worship and say, he's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. The praise you're giving him right now, he's bigger than that. Sacrifice of praise. Pastor Malcolm has talked about the kind of church and community that he's believing for and it's the kind of community that on Saturday night we're preparing to come to the house of God. What's that called? It's called a sacrifice of praise. I don't know if you've ever been to a, a, a bring and buy, a bring and share, sorry, night, and everyone, bring and buy, come on, someone. You bring and share, and everyone brings something, and you share the food with anyone, anyone who's been to something like that. I don't know if you've ever been somewhere, I've seen this happen before, where someone turns up with nothing, but eats everything. Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> I could say a name right now, but I'm not going to, I'm going to be good. I think sometimes, because I want to say, Church is a bring and share event. When we come, we're supposed to bring our faith and expectancy. But I think sometimes we come 
like that person, we have brought nothing. We've brought no sacrifice of praise. And yet we criticize people who have brought something. I brought no sacrifice. Countdown's coming on. First song. Oh, not this one. Praise goes on and on. It does go on and on. You know, they say that 20% of the people, you can bring that just like a little thing back down. You can bring that just, 20% of the people do 80% of the work in most churches. And um, so let's say that's true. And Pastor Michael throws this thing out about bringing the sacrifice of praise on Saturday night. Let's just say there's 100 people in each section. There's not, but let's say there is. What's that, 20? 20 people. So let's say there's 20 people in this section. And Liz, you do this anyway, so it's fine. But 20 people in this section and... 20 people in this section and 20 people in this section and, and 20 people in that section 20 people in this section and we all decide as the 20% that we're going to come into the house of God ready bringing a sacrifice of praise I wonder what would happen to our community as we did that because I know that some people are going to hear this and do nothing with it and I, because th- th- things hit people at different times and, and in one sense that's okay but I'm speaking to the people who are like no I want to be a part of a community that when we come in, see, I, this is the truth. I need to be quick. I think we like lukewarm church. I like lukewarm church. I don't want to. I don't want a church where someone's encouraged me, encouraged me on Saturday night to get ready for Sunday. I've got a life. I want to chill out. Lukewarm church. I don't want. I don't want to be on a team. If I've turned up, you should just be happy that I'm here. Don't tell me about bringing a six-star attitude. Why are you talking to me about being on time? Let's just have a lukewarm church. Let's have a lukewarm experience where nothing is demanded of me, and I just do my own thing, and I leave the worship and praise to the bands. A lukewarm church. The only thing is, God, Jesus Christ said, "I would rather you be hot or cold." It's not easy being part of a hot church where something's being called out of you, drawn out of you, going against the status quo. But we're raising giants and warriors in this church. And so it's just a different training regime for us. We're training people who are able to go into communities and not allow the environment to dictate to them, but dictate to the environment. It's just that we're growing a culture of thermostats who change the atmosphere and not thermometers who like just go oh, okay everybody else is in praise you know what I mean so I'm just gonna a sacrifice of praise well that's not my personality it's not my personality to give 10% of everything I owe it's not my personality to wait until marriage to have sex it's not my personality to forgive my brother when he, when he sins against me 70 times. But we're not doing it through my own strength. If I'm bringing a sacrifice of praise, I'm doing it through Jesus Christ and through the power of His Holy Spirit. My email address is leah at heart.church. Just email, email her. She's my, my PA, she'll deal with all of that. So. Fourthly, your praise is a problem. Your praise 
is a problem. See, I think if we understood that when you praise God, it spiritually releases the supernatural power of God to get to work on your behalf, that we would understand and recognize that I have to praise God in this situation. I've had my share of ups and downs. That song, honestly, I, I don't cry often, but I've been moved to almost tears. Every time I started clapping, I started dancing, people were laughing because they knew my situation. But I knew God would take it away. So we're talking about Jehoshaphat and we're talking about the fact that this guy went to war and he sung the, sent the singers in front of him and, and maybe you're here and like, that's great Lawrence, great Old Testament story to pull out. But what's that going to do with my life? Well, let's take us to the New Testament. Let's talk about Acts 16, verse 19 to 27. Uh, and it says this, when Paul basically casts out this demon from this young girl who's been used to be doing fortune telling she gets set free and now the owner's mad because she can't make he can't make money off her anymore can I just say as a throwaway we as the church are supposed to set people free who have got slave masters who are empowering them to do things that they were never born to do but this is what happens he was thrown in jail for it it says they have brought before them the magistrates and said these men are Jews and are throwing our city into uproar by advocating customs that are unlawful for us. Rome is to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received those orders, he put them in the inner cell. Everyone say inner cell. And fastened their feet in the stocks. This is what's happening here. This is the list of stuff they were, they were stripped, beaten, severely flogged, thrown in prison, under close supervision, put in the inner prison, and their feet are fastened in stocks. I'm talking about praise in advance. I'm talking about praise being a problem. I'm talking about a sacrifice of praise. And it says this, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas, he said, then brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. This was an expensive praise. This was a sacrifice of praise. This was a costly praise. But Paul and Silas realized that praise is a problem. I've come to tell someone, your praise is a problem for your problem. 
I love the fact it says about midnight, about midnight. A new day was coming because Pastor Malcolm weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. No one keeps believing forever. There's got to be a season change at some point and praise awakens a new season and a new dawn. I've come for someone's son today. I've come for someone's healing today that as you praise him, as you release some praise, I know for some people it's going to be a costly praise. Maybe your list doesn't look like that. Maybe your list likes you feel overlooked. Maybe you're in debt. Maybe you've had a negative diagnosis. Maybe you have crippling insecurity. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe you're battling with disappointment. The list can go on. And for you to bring a praise is costly. But I've not come with a theory or a Pentecostal slant on the scriptures. These are spiritual principles from the Bible. In this place today, we're going to lose some time for people to praise Him in advance. I'm believing that as we begin to praise Him, because, and hear me, this is, this is what's going to happen in this place today. I'm getting bold now. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. It's so funny sometimes when you're preaching like this or you know, it's like you hear yourself saying, it's like, Lawrence, like, calm down. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. There's two things that I believe that's meant to happen today. One, I know that people's miracle, there's a miracle in this room. That's why we have this song. There's a miracle in this room. Okay, okay, okay. Literal miracles. Literal turnaround situations as we praise God. That as we praise Him and just focus on Him, there's some stuff that's going to shift. Things that have been spending, things that have been a long time in the coming. As you praise Him, stuff's just going to get dealt with. But the second thing is this I believe there's something to take and put into practice in our lives. This is a way of life. And that's why when Pastor Lynette talks about the story about needing something and getting the kids around to praise and bang pans, she's trying to give you a gift. She's trying to say this is a principle. So I believe for some people, the homework for you is to take it away and put it into practice in your everyday life. But I've come for someone's miracle today. There is a miracle. Where's Noctula? There's a miracle in this room. And it's got my name on it. You know, for someone here today, this is a bit strange, but I had a problem with a tap at home yesterday, trying to be a guy, trying to fix it. David Gill, I started fixing it and uh, made the problem worse than the first. But anyway, I got it sorted in the end. It's a quarter turn tap. It's a quarter turn tap. You can have half turn taps. Basically, if you, if you turn it halfway, then the water comes out. But mine's a quarter turn. And I feel for some people, it's almost like, if you can just turn a quarter, if you can just move 15%, you're going to, for you today, maybe it's just, I'm just going to lift up our hand. I'm believing that something's going to flow in your life today. Somebody praise Him in this place today. Somebody praise Him in this place. There's a, there's a prophet by the name of Labyrinth and um, said this 
I predict an earthquake up in here. It's not some of you like, I've never heard of him. No, it's, it's a pop song. I predict an earthquake up in here today. There was an earthquake for Paul and Silas and everything changed. I believe there's an earthquake for you or your life. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.